Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of In Between the Stitches. As always, I'm your host. I'm with my co-host, Jay Solschwanger. You didn't mention your name, Brady. I did. Right. Oh, it's your host, Brady Wilson. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it, you know who I am. <laughs> so, um, it's a bit of a gloomier um, Wednesday, as we everyone you know here at college starts back at UNT. Hope all the college students can try to keep their sanity this semester. Thank uh, all the grade school people have been back. So that sucks for you. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've had an extra week off. So, but it's been a a bit of a, almost a gloomy week of sports for us Dallas sports fans, and we'll get to that last because it's how we do things here. But we're gonna start off with three three a few happy things, you know, and uh, just to kind of make ourselves ourselves feel better. And then we'll get to the 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 yucky stuff. We're gonna start off with the Dallas Stars, twenty six and twelve and five since we last talked. Third, no, I didn't do the the standings, but uh, I think they're still third in the Central, I believe. So um, I it, somewhere in the West. So yeah. they're they're, I mean they're they're continuing on with their their hot streak. They beat the Kings, uh, five to one yesterday. Let's see, hold on, they are fourth in the conference. So yeah, it, it's 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 the same thing it was last time we talked. So that's perfect. Keep the um, consistency. Yeah, I will take it. Again, all you got to do is get in. Fourth in the West is pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously you would like a, a higher seed, but, you know, hey, was, if the Cowboys were anything, the higher seed does not matter. Um, again, beat the Kings 5-1. to one. <clears throat> You know, Rope hints. I mean, obviously, what can you say about Rope? Hip, hip, Rope. Uh, uh, Dodonov had a goal. Uh, look at it. Wyatt Johnston, Joe Pavelski, uh, Steele. I mean, just... Uh, this whole team is just playing as Everyone a, contributed, and yeah. that's what I think I'm seeing from the Stars team. Is everyone's contributing on any given night. And if mm-hmm. some guy's having a, a bad night, the rest of the team picks him up. That's kind of nice. nice. It's nice not having to rely on on everything going right for your team to win. <laughs> um, we play Philadelphia tomorrow at 6 uh, in Philadelphia. So, you know, hopefully they are on their 24 and 14, so they're another you know pretty good team. That, you know, I mean, they're a different conference, mm-hmm. but, you know, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, Stanley Cup matchup. I'm just saying that, you know, it's another playoff team on the other side of the, on the, on the other side of the street. So you're going to need to play, play good against them. Mm-hmm. But not much else to say about the Stars. Um, haven't heard much rumors about anything trade deadline or anything. So I don't think the Stars need to make any moves. They got the pieces. They got the yeah. depth. They just got to put it all together. I mean, maybe they, you know, make a couple house cleaning moves or someone gets hurt. You'd be into something, but, uh, right. Speaking of trade deadline, we're going to move to the NBA. Dallas Mavericks, 24-17. and 17, They're fifth in the West. Uh, on a one-game winning streak against uh, New Orleans, I feel like Lou Brown. You know, if we win one tomorrow, it's called the winning streak. <laughs> Play the Lakers tonight at 7.30 in L.A. But one of our biggest trade targets is off the board today. Uh, Pascal Siakam, shade of the Pacers. And Chase will be uh, with the details because, well... I don't know everyone as well as he does. So Chase, take it away. <laughs> no, it was a big haul. Um, uh, you know, Siakam to Indiana, which I think would be a great fit. You know, he's surrounded by Tyrese Halliburton, surrounded by Miles Turner, surrounded by a lot of guys that can make him better and take some stress off of Halliburton, for example. But no, I think it was a good trade. Uh, Raptors get back three first-round picks, which was huge. Um, Bruce Brown and Jordan Nora. Uh, good haul. Uh, the Raptors GM has been cooking. He turned OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam into... Emmanuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett, all these pieces, all these picks for guys that are, you know, coming up to, on big contracts or coming up, you know, into the 30s. Uh, OG's still young, but turning these pieces into, you know, into a promising future. And you got to give him credit for that. But uh, no, again, for the Mavs' sake, it, he was a big target. It was, Mavs were definitely a top two team, I think, to get him, and they ended up being number two. Um, 
But, you know, there's it, it's it's okay because Siakam was out there saying that he wasn't going to commit 100% to re-signing because he will be testing free agency in the summer. So there was that risk, you know, obviously with Kyrie it worked, but did you really want to take another chance um, when, yeah. you know, it's a little different situation when it comes to Kyrie and Siakam. Uh, Kyrie's had the chances, so he didn't really have another place to go. Um, <laughs> but Siakam was different. But Maybe you can sign him in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, he he did come out and say now after he was already signed that he looks to get an extension with Indy. So I don't think he's going to be going anywhere. But for the Mavs, um, there's a lot of pieces out there now that you can look into um, without getting rid of, you know, a lot of pieces, so, a lot of future. What would it have taken? I assume Hardy would have been a centerpiece of the deal for Siakam, but I assume maybe Josh Green would have had to be yeah, part it, of the deal. It probably would have been something like Josh Green, Jaden Hardy, first three first round picks, maybe two in a second. You know, it's that's a lot for a guy that you don't know if is going to come back. Sure, he'd help right now. Yeah, for a rental. Yeah, you never know. So I don't think it was the wrong decision not to pursue him, but I don't think it was the right decision either because um, adding Siakam would have been awesome uh, and really would have you know boosted our championship odds. But right. now there's guys out there that you can go for that will take, you know, just maybe a first-round pick at most to get just one. You know, guys right. like Andrew Wiggins, who we have interest in now, a guy that... You know, definitely needs a change of scenery. Um, still a good player, three and D guy, can score. A guy that the Mavs would love to have on their roster. Um, there's you know guys like Jonathan Kaminga on the on the Warriors as well. You know, a guy younger, still kind of like a Wiggins player. So I've heard that uh, Kyle Kuzma could be a target for us. Kuzma, but that doesn't change a lot of what the Mavs need. It's another score. Yes, he can play defense. Yes, he brings some size to the table. But that's not what the Mavs are looking for. Now, I, I don't know the basketball space as well as you, but would they be targeting, I mean, if you need defense, um, Dylan Brooks at all? I mean, he's 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 locked in with, with Houston. He is? Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to get rid of him. You never know. Yeah. I mean, look at Houston's season. They're looking good. Yeah. There's no reason to really change anything up right now except for getting better. So there's no reason to, that's true. to give away someone unless you're not getting anything in return. But, you know, I mean, for targets, you would have liked to have that power forward. Yeah. That would have really completed, I mean— that would have been really fun. I mean, we see the difference when Lively's on the floor and when he's not. And it's a lot to ask out of a 19-year-old to, you know. My age. Yeah, right. Like, I'm three years older than this guy. And he's out here, you know, a huge part of the Mavericks, <laughs> Mavericks team. Obviously, he's not one of our best players when it comes to scoring. But when he's on the floor, he has that defensive presence, that rebounding. And if you've been watching these games, when he's not on the floor, it is hard to watch. We're getting out-rebounded on the offensive glass, on the defensive glass. There's no interior defense, and all you know. I'll give credit to Dwight Powell because he goes out there and he hustles and he gives all he has. But at the end of the day, he's not going to stop these guys. Lively, he's going to be that defensive presence that we need on the floor. So adding a four that can play defense, that can rebound, but also can score, that's what the Mavs need. And getting a guy like Kuzma, sure he can score, but he's not going to be that defensive presence that the Mavs are looking for. Yeah, and yeah, I hold on. I I saw the 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 stat that was our record with Lively without. It's pretty it's pretty stark. Yeah, and it's hard. It's 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 weird to look at that because you got guys like Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, and it's like, well, why do you need to rely on a 19 year old for for these reasons exactly? You can't you rely on them to do everything, especially with Luka out right now. And there is he is questionable for tonight. He's been out for the last three games. Kyrie Irving has looked unbelievable, averaging 35 points per game in the time Luka is out. So yeah. he's really taken that step, that step to where, okay, your superstar's out. Well, guess what? We have another superstar. So he's stepping up. And it looks yeah. good. Hopefully Luka can return to action tonight. You know, you're going to need it against one of the greatest of all time. And <laughs> just, you know, good team in L.A. Another game that you need to win. 
yeah, I mean, the Mavs are just, they're kind of, they're doing good, and then they're not. <laughs> they're yeah. kind of, they're, it feels like Tim Hardaway. They're little, they're, sometimes they're hot, sometimes they're not. Speaking and, of Tim, um, you know, he, he's a big piece. He is. He's, he's a big piece he's of this team. He's becoming more consistent, which yeah. is what we yeah, all he wanted. He had 41 points the other night, so. But I think, like you said, our two stars are kind of what's keeping us in this thing <clears throat> when Lively's out, because if Luka's having an off night, which happens, you have Kyrie. If, if Kyrie has an off night, you have Luka. So you have both guys that you can, you know, kind of flip-flop to rely on. And uh, it, it, it's better than it was last year. Yes. Kids found a way to make it all work. He just needed some time to, you know, get the think tank going. And But they've been playing well. Kind of the, they were, they had a rough stretch there. They are starting to come out of the rough stretch, but. Uh, yeah, just got to keep, got to keep winning. Got to keep winning. We're only, we're only in January. So we're still yeah, lots of time. months away. And I, I do expect for a move to be done. I'm not saying yeah, soon. Something's something has to be done because listen, you're gonna make a move, not just because you want to win, but you're gonna make a move for Luca. Yeah. And it's weird to say, but Luca's not gonna want to stay here if this team stays the way it is. This team, this team right now, is not winning a championship. And I'm not saying you need to add another superstar to win a championship. You need to add a couple pieces or just a piece like Andrew Wiggins. That's how you build a championship team. Yeah. You get more depth. You get needs fillings it depends on the defensive side on the three-point side on the scoring on the rebounding you know as i've said in the as i've already said so that's what we need to look into is making sure luca and Kyrie, obviously as well just making them happy because yeah. if they don't stay here they'll then you're gonna be bottom of the west for five ten years yeah you got to make your stars happy luca i mean uh, i think it's mike reiner always tweets out luca will win a championship just not in dallas yeah and it's <laughs> you you, you want to keep Luca happy, but you can't sacrifice. You can't play with scared money. You can't go. Well, we're gonna make a move because we need to make a move. Those rarely work out when you make when you do something for the sake of doing something. Yeah, it's usually better just to stay put. But with Luca, sometimes you have to show that we're willing to do something for him. But I mean, yeah. look look at the Angels. They made moves for the sake of making moves to try to prove to Otani they're willing to win. And have completely screwed themselves up for the future. Yeah. So you don't want to do that. But Mavs are obviously in a different situation. I mean, it's a different situation. Than the, I'm not saying where the Angels. And it's obviously not baseball. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying that it's for the sake of making moves, rarely works because the star, if the star wants to leave, he'll leave. Yeah. So. But I do and, expect for one small move, just something to happen. help, or maybe a big move, some um, something to be done in the near future. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I believe that's it for the NBA. Um, yeah. can't think of anything that's super notable right now. Um, and again, because we need to talk about something happy, the Rangers, they win the World Series. Um, but we'll be reminding you for the next about month till spring training starts. Only about a month away. Yeah. Which is happy. Gets me distracted from the Cowboys. But Rangers done a lot of things since we last uh, spoke to you guys. We uh, didn't do one last week. Just some scheduling conflicts, you know, getting ready for school and stuff. But so in that time frame, some of the notable Rangers stuff, um, Diego Castillo was signed a minor league contract, which is, I like. I mean, a lot of upside. Same thing with Shane Green, former All-Star. Excellent, you know, has just kind of teetered off a little bit. And then Jonathan Holder, Austin Pruitt, Jose Urena, just kind of guys that are, you know, Pruitt and Holder have been good in the past. Urena is kind of one of those guys that just, he's a guy. You bring him in, maybe he makes a spot start or a spot couple innings just like, you're down 10 to 1. You need someone to eat the last three innings. Yeah, bring in Jose. He works. 
Um, but they're all minor league deals within Vice Spring Training. Uh, Daniel Duarte was traded for, from the Reds. We got cash. We gave up cash. They DFA'd him to make room for Brent Suter, so we got a pretty darn good reliever. I mean, he's got some control issues, but again, like I, I stress, if you've got if they got control issues, that's probably why they're a relief pitcher because they couldn't hack as a starter because they had control issues. So, I mean, he's a five-pitch pitcher. looks like he's sinker cut, fast, four-seam. So, I mean, he's uh, he's he's interesting. Um, you know, of course, you hear all the, Ran- the Rangers fans, you know. I thought we were going to sign Hader and Neris and Maton and every— Like, okay, look. I think people were expecting it to be in be the show where you just re-sign seven new bullpen arms, and that's not going to happen. You've already got LeClerc. You've already got Spores. You got Burke, who for some reason Bochy doesn't seem to like, but you have him. Um, you will have Jonathan Hernandez, who Bochy does like because his sinker is nasty. The mm-hmm. problem is he just has problems with it for some reason. Um, but here's, a f- I mean, I see at least two or three names that could make the opening day roster. Castillo, Green, Pruitt. I mean, I, they're, these guys could make the roster. If, you know, you never know. And Duarte is a major league roster guy. He's Unless, you know, you sign somebody and he's the guy you DFA, that's also possible. Um, Hector, I have it Hector Neri on our thing here, but, uh, Hector Neris, just in the Yankees, it sounds like, mm-hmm. but 50 million. And that's for a three year, 50 million. I do 345 for a premier setup, man. But 350 is just, mm. maybe like four, like a three years, 45 with the club options, like 55 or something. You know what I mean? Like you give the you give him a little bit extra, but if, you know with with an option that always works. <laughs> but I've been saying I want Neris. I I do. Yeah. I love the way he pitches. I like the fact that he's he's uh, a bit of a you know an interesting personality. But I like it. I, I like the passion. I like that he'll. Um, I I do like that. I mean, you definitely saw his personality come out. La- I mean, watching him last year, like you know, after striking guys out or whatever, he would get you know really into it. He would attack like the hitter with you know emotions, and you know, that's something that the team needs. I think I it's, like that. I mean, he's a good pitcher. Um, but do you think guys like Josh Hader are out of the question? Like, do you still think there's potential the Rangers could bring him in? I mean, I think it'd be fun to stoke the rivalry. But yeah, I mean, you get to be open to every possibility. Yeah. You do. I mean, you have to be open to every, even even after winning the World Series. It's still me and my father's philosophy. Are they living? Are they breathing? They have a pulse. Okay, can they throw a baseball, just in any direction? They can. Okay, bring them in. It's it's that's it, every team's philosophy. It still has to be your philosophy. And with Hater, bring back Montgomery. That's all I gotta say. Sure, <laughs> but the thing about Hater is, I'd love it, but. That's gonna you. You realize that Adolis, you already can't pay him arbitration. Apparently, Low, Heim, these guys are coming up for contract in the next two or three years. I mean, I know that Heim. I mean, they. Well, this is at least all, most of their second, third year. So I mean, they're gonna be wanting extensions soon. Right? Maybe they're not due for one, but they're gonna be wanting one pretty soon. So you have to keep that in mind. Um, you have to keep in mind what if you what if what if the prospects fail on the starting pitching side from the minors? What if Leiter, Porter, Rocker, those guys, what if they 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 peter out? Well then what what what's your plan after that? Keep doing what you're doing, which is signing vets. That works. Clearly what we've done works signing a bunch of veterans. Which veterans? And means you have to shell out more cash. So it just it's you can't put resources everywhere. And I'm not saying that we're in a bad spot. I'm just saying that 
hater would be great, and it'd be awesome, and it would fit so well for us. But I, I think people are undervaluing maybe sports in the clerk, and I know that they're not hater. Haters are like we the best closer in baseball. But I don't know. It's I'm not crying if we don't get him. If we do get him, I'm happy. If we don't get him, I'm not like not pissed off. Um, I would like to see one more reliever signed that's not a minor league contract. I'd like to see maybe one more Phil Maton or Naris or somebody uh, bring back a role. This Chapman would be, I'd be all on board for that. But, and for people that are just wanting Hater so badly, you thought Chapman's going to give you heartburn? Hater is just the same. Because the way he throws, his motion, it's, it, it's funky, which makes it, you know, where it's hard to pick up, but it, it, it's hard to control. Uh, we also signed our new third string catcher, uh, Andrew Kisner. So, I mean, the guy, his 10 home runs last year. So, I mean, he's got a little bit of pop in 70 games. It's not bad. Hit 241. So, his offense, I was trying to read some things from, uh, read some things from Cardinals fans about, um, they're like, well, hey, this guy, he's always been a good defender and his bat's coming along. So, hey, you bring him in. Sure. I like it. I, I, it's a major league contract. So, Clearly, it, it means that Sam Huff, I don't know what's going to happen to Sam Huff, but um, I don't know. Not my problem to deal with. It's my problem, yeah. but it is my problem to talk about. Um, international signings, Rangers had one of the best classes, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number two prospect, and people won't even remember. So the reason that it's pretty much all Latin American guys is because a lot of the Japanese and Korean guys, they play professionally in their own country. So... To be eligible for the draft, you have to have you have to be you have to have graduated uh, high school from the from America. But to be a free agent, you have to have played I think five years professional ball, and most of the it's it's, it's funny in Japan and Korea those guys just play the, the the years of professional ball and use that as their minor leagues and come up about minor league eight about you know a top prospect's age into the majors between probably twenty five twenty eight somewhere in there. In Latin America, they sign when they're 16, 17 years old mm-hmm. so that they can develop in America. It's, it's just – it's interesting because the, the professional structure is a lot better in Japan and Korea than it is in Dominican Republic, in Mexico. That's just – so that, that's why you don't see any of those guys on there for anyone that's wondering. But the, the number two international prospect, Paulino Santana. Uh, sure. that uh, <laughs> That's fun. I mean – they're p- scouts seem to really like him. I think he's the guy that they're thinking could be very Julio Rodrigo esque. He's already tall. He's got a nice frame. Um, they're saying the power can develop, which again, these guys are. I mean, we're older than them by multiple years, so clearly their you know their body has time to to grow into it, grow some muscle. Uh, and then two shortstops. Uh, one of the greatest names in baseball history, Curly Martin, number twenty nine on the board, and then uh, Yolfrun can. I'm probably butchering this. Yolfran Castillo, number 46. So three of the top 50, and we did not have that big of a pool to pool to, to spend. So I think the fact that it's they probably either wanted to come here for the before maybe it could have been we've been on them since they were a lot younger and they've just we've developed a relationship there. Um, whether it's they just see the World Series and go I want to go there. I mean it it could be a lot of reasons, but mm-hmm. um, the fact that you did that without having one of the top bonus pools to spend from is pretty good. Success. Um, and just bolsters your minor league depth, which is always fun. 
I mean, we our top international signing was it a year ago, two years ago, was Sebastian Walcott. He's already one of the top prospects in baseball. Mm-hmm. So I mean, these guys can really rise through the minors fast, and sometimes they take a lot of years. It just it happens. And interesting enough, because you know those are the three major ones. We also signed like twenty other guys. One of them has a tie to the Rangers, and it's Joaquin Arias Jr. And for anyone who's maybe a little bit younger, does not know who Joaquin Arias is, when the Rangers traded Alex Rodriguez, we had a deal with Boston, by the way, that would have given us Manny Ramirez and John Lester as the headlines. That'd have been fun. We traded him to the Yankees. The Yankees gave us Alfonso Soriano and Mm -hmm. a choice of one of two prospects. One of them was Joaquin Arias. The other one was Robinson Cano. Ah. We chose Arias. And he showed potential, and then I and I this believe this is what happened. If you if you if it's not what happened, get mad at my dad. He's the one that told me this. <laughs> I believe he moved into the outfield, and he tore up his shoulder, and he had it feels kind of like Profar. They tried to move him around, and it just didn't work because I believe Arias was a shortstop, and tore up his shoulder, and just failed. So it's his son. So hey, we have round two of of walking Arias. I, I I thought that was just a fun little nugget. Um, but in the rest of baseball, Giants signed Jordan Hicks. That's another target I wanted. To be a starter. Yeah, not as a starter. But Well, when he gets Tommy John in June, if if he makes it to then, uh, we'll talk. Because I just do not see that working out. A guy like him is not a starter. Unless he's planning on not throwing 102. Yeah. If you're planning on doing 102, your elbow is going to destroy it. It's going to, be, it's going to pop. It's going to snap. It is not going to work. But you know what? It's not my elbow. And it's not my, it's not my money. So... It's not my problem, yep. but I hope he's okay. I, I, it's one of those, it's that worry for like, he's here's a great pitcher that's going to get ruined because these idiots think they can start him. Anyway, Yankees signed Marcus Stroman, which, um, good for them. They needed, they needed more, they needed more starters. Mm-hmm. Um, God knows Carl Rodon didn't work. Maybe he'll work this year, but, uh, they mm-hmm. lost, they lost out of Montes. And hopefully Montgomery doesn't go back. Yeah, I, I don't think he will. I think he's coming back. I think he's just enjoying the offseason. <laughs> Hey, um, Monty, there's free barbecue. So. Yeah, and yeah, oh yeah, the, we talk about that. Yeah, the Hurtado barbecue, yeah. free uh, for, for life. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. Um, and, and to pivot to Montgomery for one second before we get to the Hall of Fame ballot, I think that Montgomery will come back. I would, I would be surprised if he doesn't. And he's the one guy I would be a little bit pissed off if we didn't get him back because he, you need him back. Yeah. For the first half of the year, for the second half of the year, you really don't need him, depending on how the injuries go. You'll have Scherzer, Degrom, and uh, Tyler Maley, mm-hmm. or Malley. I can't remember how it's pronounced. Yes, uh, Malley. Yes. That's or no, no, I'm just saying Ma- yes. Maley, yes, Malley. yes to both. Um, so you you don't need him for the second half, but for the first half, right now, I think your rotation is. Let's go through it. Zavaldi, Gray, Heaney, Dunning, Bradford. Is he going to get that starting rotation? So, you, I mean, so you bring. Um, I could be missing somebody, but I don't think I am. So you bring back Montgomery. There's your five to start the year. Let's say everybody healthy, though. Everybody healthy. You Dick Grom, Avaldi, Scherzer, Montgomery. Everybody healthy. Dunning and Dunning, Heaney. Gray, Heaney. I don't know who, who's in the bullpen because at that point, you bring back Montgomery because you have five. Let's say that injuries, no injuries happen. And we're playing MLB the show franchise mode. Injuries and we, off. And we turned injuries off. Who do you send to the bullpen? We well, gotta send three guys to the bullpen. I mean, you gotta you gotta send Heaney and Dunning back, right? Sending Heaney and Dunning are going back, and then I would probably Gray. expect Gray because of what he did in the World Series, yeah, and yeah. he proved that he can do it. Yeah, and I think that these guys, 
And people are going to go, well, how will they react to that? They don't really want to do that. Here's the thing. First of all, Bruce Bochy asked you to do something. I don't think that, I think they're going to do it. But second, they saw what happened when they won the World Series last year. Heaney saw that he went to the bullpen for the better of the team. Dunning saw he went to the bullpen for the better of the team. Gray went to the bullpen for the better of the team. And it worked. And because they understand that Bochy, it's not about, we're moving you to the bullpen because you suck. That's it's, not the reason. There's too much. We're moving you to the bullpen yeah. because we're bringing back DeGrom. And I think it was they asked Heaney, and he's like, well, I mean, anytime you have to bring back, it was either him or Dunning. And they were like, you know, what was your reaction? Hell, it may have been Martine. One of the guys who moved to the bullpen, they asked him, well, what do you think, you know, he said, I mean, anytime you can bring in Max Scherzer and George Montgomery, I'm not going to complain about going to the bullpen. They're better than I am. I'm not going to complain. Sure, I'll go be. It was, it, what it showed me was the difference between a guy like Bochy and a guy that's, I'm going to say like Woodward, but Bochy knows how to tell the players and get them to understand, I'm doing this not because you suck, not because I don't like you, but because we can't roll with eight starters. Yeah. We need you to go to the bullpen. The team need, he has the ability to stress the fact that the team needs them here. It's not more here. It's, it's more of a compliment. It's saying that you still that we still want to use you in a good, you know, fashion. Yeah. But because we can't start eight guys, we can't start you. So we want to continue to use you, but we want to use you in a limited fashion. I think that and now the fact that they've won with Bochi, they will now be more willing to Bochi. If you want me to, you know, go out there and frolic and shortstop, I don't care. Sure. Because they now have seen when Bochi makes a move, it's for a reason. Yeah. And that reason will most likely pay off for a World Series. Uh, I mean, Gray was huge. To me, he was— I know, Gray was— To me, Gray was runner-up MVP. And people are going to go, really? Yes, because two of those games were his. Game one, we do not win without John Gray just coming in there and dazzling yeah. and just fooling all He's, the time. He came in there with zero expectations, too. I mean, that was, you know— That probably helped. The fact that he's just... He's, I mean, he wasn't coming in there 5-5. Five, five. You need a shutdown inning to get to the bottom of the ninth. He yeah. came in there down 5-2, five, 5-3. Five, you know, he's pitching you free give and runs easy. while you're already down two runs. I mean... He's pitching free and easy. It's confidence. Yeah. It's 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 kind of like... It's the same thing if you're pitching up 5-2. to two. Yeah. It's like Heaney talked about when he pitched game four and we got up in that big lead. He just went, I can throw strikes. I know that if they tag me a couple times, who cares? We're up 11-5 to five now. Oh, darn. You know, I'm... I'm mm-hmm. I'm living. And I'm that, living that, that happened. I'm living more carefree, and yeah. he pitched a great game. Yeah. So you'd probably send those three guys back, and even if they're having great years, it's the difference, like I said, between Bochy and a, a, a different manager. Is the, another manager, it may tick the player off because they don't believe that what they're doing is for the better of the team. Mm-hmm. But when Bochy tells, it's just it's it's the aura of Bochy, and it's why that some teams need a first year manager. Like I, I think the Guardians with Stephen Vote is going to be a match made in heaven. I truly believe that because. They're kind of a team in flux, and they need somebody that maybe is the first. I think they, they, they've had the established guy, and now it's time to create a new established guy. Mm-hmm. But for the Rangers, who had been trying first-year managers for years and years, we needed some. We needed someone that was stable. It's, it's, it's the same thing of if, if, when, some, when you do something for a lot of years, the same philosophy, you need to change it up. That's why I know Seth, he wanted uh, the Patriots to, and it's a different sport, but Patriots to have an offensive coach. Because you've had an evens coach for the last 24 years. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a similar thing of we've had Woodward and Bannister and and Wash, all were first year or all were first time managers. We need to f- change this up. We need to get someone here that's established, that we know that can win, that can establish the culture. Um, because Vote has two or three years to establish a culture. Vote needed to establish one in spring training and was able to. Um, but now to move to the Hall of Fame ballot, which is next. Tuesday, 
is the announcing of the Hall of Fame ballot. And uh, by the way, the um, Captain Moron, uh, Bill Bilo, <laughs> Bailu, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I don't care how to pronounce his name. Um, he doesn't deserve the correct pronunciation. Of he name. doesn't. And there was another guy that didn't vote for him, uh, Tony Maserati. But uh, I'm focused on Bill because I haven't heard Maserati's reasons. I've heard Bill's reasons. And Bill's reasons suck. Yeah. His reason, and you ready for this? His new reason. He went on some podcast, not as good as ours, of course, but uh, he, went, he went on some <laughs> show and was talking, and uh, you know that was problem number one. He was talking, but problem number two was he said that, well, Adrian Beltre wasn't a guy that you would pay your money to go see. He wasn't the headliner. <laughs> and I commented like, okay, and it, it clicked. I think he's a bitter Boston fan who you who Beltre used Boston for a one year deal to prove he gets to, to kind of prove it type of thing. I'm not that he needed to prove it, but that I wasn't really around I, I mean I was around, but I wasn't really baseball cognizant at the time, so I can't tell you why, but it from what it looks like, he went somewhere for one year to pivot to an even bigger contract. Mm-hmm. So it feels like he's pissed off because Beltre spent one year in Boston and then left for Texas. And I think it's either some bitterness off that and I think it's some ignorance. Bill Bayou seems to be uh, wrapped up in a Boston kind of bubble. And then anything out of Boston is bad. Well, Beltre, he's very out of touch with it. Beltre spent every other year of his career a lot farther west than Boston. Mm -hmm. Spent it in Texas, the Dodgers, and the Mariners. So I think it could be some ignorance of not understanding that for Rangers fans, he's on our Mount Rushmore. He is, it is Nolan Ryan, Pudge, Michael Young, and Beltre— Seeger is creeping his way on there, <laughs> and he'd probably replace Young, but I don't know. That, it's a fun debate. He's already up there. He's already really close because of the World Series MVP. <clears throat> but Beltre's the guy. He's one of the greatest players in franchise history. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that we'd pay money to go see that was fun to watch, that you would hope hit at the third base because you want to watch Beltre. The most effortless throwing motion. I could watch his fielding highlights all day long. He could hit. Anyway, he's still only two votes down. Um, so now for the standings. Here's the guys that matter. Uh, Carlos Beltran is at 66.5%, so he's not going to get it. But um, he's, he's safe from being eliminated from the ballot, um, but he's not probably going to get on this year. Beltre, I mean, come on now. He's at 98.8%. I think anything less than 95%, and it's criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, less than 100% is criminal, but eh, whatever. Different where we you're not going to get that. Not going to get that. No, you're not. <laughs> uh, Todd Helton's 82%. Yeah. So he's, um, and he, he needs less than 70% of the votes to, to, to stay on the ballot. So I think that that's very possible for him. Uh, Andrew Jones is at 71.9. So he's really close. Mauer's at 82.6. He's really close. The guy that I will keep campaigning for, Andy Pettit, should be in the Hall of Fame. I think Pettit's going to be a guy that gets in the Hall of Fame on the Veterans Committee. Because I think the the guy that pl- the guys that played against him, the guys that scouted him, they're going to put him in, not the writers. Uh, Manny Ramirez is only at thirty seven point seven percent. He's not getting in. He actually he's eliminated from getting in this year, but he's also safe, so he will be on the back on the ballot next year. A Rod is eliminated from the, the ballot this year, so he will be back next year, but he will not be elected this year. Um, K Rod is close. I think K Rod's a lot closer. People give him credit for. Um, Gary Sheffield is at 74.9%. Sheffield is so freaking close. 
to me, Sheffield's a guy that's going to get in as mm-hmm. a benefits committee guy. Yeah. I don't see it this year, but I think he'll get in. Utley's at 44.3%. Utley feels like Scott Rowland. He's going he's gonna to gain—I mean, this is his first year. He's going to gain traction. He's going to get enough traction to get in. Got a, good, got a good first name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Billy Wagner. Hey, mine's Tom Brady, so <laughs> he's got a good last name. Uh, Billy Wagner's at 79.6%. He is very, very close. I don't see him getting in. I just—because usually the votes go down from the percentage that we know. Um, you know, obviously, we won't—we'll probably know close to 50% of the ballots at the time of the election announcement. So that's, you know... We, More we, information to come next week. Yeah, we'll, ha- we'll have to see. And, of course, next Wednesday we'll be able to bring you the results. Yeah. So my prediction, if you had, if I had to give one, I'm going to say it's probably going to be Beltray and Helton. Mm-hmm. Maurer, I don't know how he's going to track on votes. I don't know how he's going to track on the 50% he that's unknown. It. He deserves it. But I don't know how he's going to track. On, the, on his first year, I don't know. H- him and Wagner are kind of the same... They seem like they're going to be part of the class next year, which, by the way, there's a new headliner next year. It's Ichiro. Um, I can't wait for someone to not vote for him. And explain to me why the all-time hits leader in the world is more— if you, if you count his time in Japan, he has way more throws— mm-hmm. is not a Hall of Famer. I would love to hear that explanation. You know what I mean? Just, I just want to hear it, why he's not a Hall of Famer. But we, we will see from that. But we will. my, my prediction is locks— I'd be surprised if I mean Beltre's a lock lock. I think Helton would be surprising if he doesn't get in. I think um Maurer would be kind of in the middle and then and then Wagner will probably be in next year. Mm-hmm. It sucks that he's had for his tenth year, but he deserves it. Chase, do you have any predictions for it? I think Beltre will get in. <laughs> no, I'm I'm, I'm, you think I'm, so? I'm with you. Beltre Helton. Deserve deserving for sure. They'll be I think those are two locks and then everyone else just kinda we'll see how they track. I mean yeah. I know, I know, Mal, I, I want to say Mauer, but yeah. I know how you are with, you know, the first year. So I don't care about the first year. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. If he's in, he's in. He should be in. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. But uh, Michigan, we did not talk about this um, last time we were um, up here, but Michigan won the national championship. Um, great for them. Congratulations. You know, um, I mean, I got a, a guy I went to high school with, left, was left tackle, Ladarius Henderson, who's going to the draft this year. Two Oxhatchee guys, uh, him and Demian Richardson, starting safety from uh, Texas A&M. So, Two guys that I, I actually have met and went to high school with uh, in this draft. So it's kind of cool to see yeah. that uh, Seabog Satchi kid. Um, congrats to Michigan, though. Yeah, congrats. They deserved it. Um, we can talk about science dealing, people making comparisons to the Astros. It's not the same thing. I don't think it was as prevalent. And this feels like a rogue assistant more than it does Harbaugh and top down. Astros was multiple assistants, head coach knew, owner knew. GM knew, everybody knew, and everybody stayed quiet. This was a little bit different. I don't think everyone knew. And, and there have been reports that everyone's, it, it's murky. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what comes out of it. But uh, I'm not putting much stock into it. And I think it was Stallions being a rogue assistant. In my, in, my, in my estimation of it, which is different from the Astros, it wasn't one rogue assistant. It was players and assistant and coach and everybody. Uh, but congratulations. There's a lot of guys in the draft this year. Um, I mean, obviously, for the... Cowboys sake, Blake Karam would be. Yeah, I mean, Corum Corum, be, Corum in the third round, yeah. Roman Wilson in the third round. <sighs> be a lot of fun, but uh, I mean, McCarthy, they got some talent coming in this year. Um, I'm staying away from JJ McCarthy. I think he made a mistake going to the draft. So I think he did too, but uh, we'll, 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 we'll see. It's okay. Um, but Chris, them and, and Penix, look, Penix went from a bona fide top 10 pick to 
is he going to slip out of the first round? And I think that that's where Penix is for me. I haven't watched him. Um, obviously, um, I'll get the draft season in just a second, but um, we'll t- I'll talk about it later a little bit. But yeah. he didn't have a great game. Michigan just seemed like the, they were the better team, and they won. And in other college news, I think it's major enough to talk about, uh, Nick Saban yeah. retired. Uh, you know, congrats, Coach Saban. He was great. He was the greatest college coach of all time. And speaking of Washington, Kalen DeBoer getting the job. And that's what I was pivoting yeah. to. Yeah, DeBoer goes to LA. I think it was the perfect hire for them. Yeah. Because he's a guy that has rebuilt um, a school. So now he gets to go and he gets the resources of Alabama. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is everyone's decommitting. Everyone's decommitting. There has been a lot of guys he, gone to Texas. He lost Bond to Texas, mm-hmm. which that'll be fun to watch. Him and yours. And Brackenshire. Um, they lost their safety. I, I'm, I'm not going to get all their names. They lost their starting left tackle. I think it was him. I think this guy went to IMG Academy. Just they lost a, a Proctor. Proctor. Brackenshire, right? Is that his name, the linebacker? I Brackenshire, think so. Brackenshire? And, then, and then they lost their starting safety. They're losing a lot of talent. Plus, they're losing some talent to the draft. You know, they're losing Kool-Aid McKinstry. They're losing uh, Dallas Turner. Um, J.C. Latham. They're going to lose, uh, oh, the receiver. Oh, the receiver. I can't remember his name, but they're losing one of the receivers in the draft. I cannot remember his name, but I'm, I'm completely blanking. But I'm picturing his face, but I cannot think of his Bama. name. Bama. Yeah, Bama. But um, this is losing some talent. I mean, you have, you have Milrow coming back, but... It'll be interesting to see how, yeah. how, how it'll be interesting to see how DeBoer um, is able to, I'll say rebuild Alabama, but bring them back to powerhouse stature. And then we got to get to the sad news, the NFL. The NFL. It's a bad week. It was a bad weekend of football. It was one. There was one good game, and it was the Lions. Congrats to the Lions. Mm-hmm. Those fans deserve it, man. I'm I'm rooting for Lions and Texans, and I would not mind seeing the Bills win just because. They've never won, and that's you know great feeling. I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. So, but we gotta get to the bad thing. The Dallas Cowboys. I'm trying not to do a joker laugh here, yeah. but it's um, just a disappointing game. That's all you gotta say. Sure, we're going. We're going. Are we going disappointing? That's the nicest way I could put that's it. That's a nice way to put yeah. it. Just a disappointing game. From everything, the coaching, the defense, Dak. But now again, uh, we'll go more into detail, but I'm not putting this 100% on Dak. I think people are crazy saying they want to get rid of Dak when people two two days before the game were, you know, he was an MVP candidate. Look, I, I want to ask all I of mean, you. This is where I wish I had, I wish I had, a, I had a, a speaker to every human in America, or at least every Dallas Cowboys fan. Okay. If not Dak, who? Who? G- give me a guy. Trey Lance, huh? <laughs> yeah, no. That's uh, funny, Trey Lance. Hey, I mean, he's uh, no, no, absolutely not. Now, if he lights up a preseason game, I'll look at him. But no, if not Dak, then who? What? Because let's so let's say let's say your grand idea is trade Dak. What are you going to get for him? You get a first round pick. Are you going to get a top five pick? Probably not. And that's not a, a knock on deck. That's the contract uncertainty. Mm-hmm. That, that's a, the fact that he has one more year, and if you're trading him, he has, he has a no trade cost. So he may waive it, but would he want to come back to that team? We don't know. It was the, but let's say you get some stupid team. Let's say the Bears want to draft, want to trade for Dak Prescott. So then let's say that you have the first overall pick. Caleb Williams scares me. Drake May, haven't seen. 
and Jaden Daniels will be fun, but you can't guarantee they're going to be better than Dak. And you're not going to get up there, so it doesn't matter. So you may get up to the top 12. You may get in Pennock's McCarthy range, but are they better than Dak? I don't think so. I just don't. So Dak is the best you're going to get. So, okay, let's forget about getting rid of him. Let's get rid of everything else, and let's okay, let's figure out what can we improve around him because we improved some, but okay, Brandon Cooks was not utilized properly. We can all agree on that. McCarthy, I know how you feel. No, and, it's, and, it's and, just, and you know how I feel. Winning, winning, that was bad. <laughs> winning 12 games is great. I'm not saying it's not, and I know there's a lot of teams out there that would give their left arm to, <laughs> to win 12 games a year. The problem is, if you know, in the words of the great Billy Bean, if you lose the last game of the year, to modify it a little bit, nobody gives a crap. Nobody cares. You, y'all, you lost in the wild card round. You got destroyed. No one cares about 12-win season. That's wonderful. You won 12 games. Hang that in AT&T Stadium. Back-to-back-to-back mm-hmm. back back, 12-win seasons. Two division titles. What'd you get from it? One playoff win. And at the end of the day, playoff success is the only thing that matters. And I, I get that the, 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 what matters is the, the first step is getting to the playoffs. Okay, well, McCarthy's done that. Maybe it's winning the division, having a great record. McCarthy's accomplished all the first couple steps, but he's yet to accomplish the next step, which is winning playoff games. He's yet to accomplish that. He's, he's, won, he's won one. Not, not even games. He's won one playoff game with us. So I think he's got to go. I, I, I think, and, I, I, and people want to say 12-1 seasons, how much of that is McCarthy, and how much of that is the absolutely loaded roster he has at his disposal? Aaron Rodgers. Brett Favre. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Imagine what. Let's just say, Belichick. We hired Belichick, and let's say Belichick got fired in 2010. Let's just say when when Garrett when Garrett was hired, we would have won at least four, at least three with Belichick between then and now. If 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 the roster stays the same, the entire time, I think Belichick wins at least three here. I think 14 is a win for us. I think 16 is a win for us. And I think this year could have been could have been a win for us with a with an actual good head coach in there. I mean, you've had Jason since Jimmy Johnson. You've had two competent head coaches, two. That's Bill Parcells and I'd say Wade Phillips. Mm-hmm. Other than that, bad, just very average, very very just. And I think it stems from a problem that Jerry has. And I've been telling people, my family this, so they'll hear this again. But, you know, I think Jerry thinks it's easy. I think Jerry thinks that in the first, what, four or five years of my ownership tenure, we won two Super Bowls, then a third. So it's easy. Anybody can do this. I've seen Jimmy Johnson make all the moves. I can make all these moves. And I'll hire any coach I want because 500 coaches can win the Super Bowl. That's a quote. So... Omitting the fact that Jimmy Johnson built those teams, mostly, I'd say 95% of the team was Jimmy's, and personal moves were all him, and, you know, the, the getting three Hall of Famers, I mean, great on Jimmy. I mean, he didn't draft Irvin, but he did draft Aitman, he drafted Emmett. It's it's frustrating because I think Jerry thinks, well, Jimmy did it, so i seen what I, I seen what he can do, so what I'm going to—it's not an Arkansas accent, but— I, what what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a team because I can do it because anybody can do this thing. If Jimmy can do it, anybody can do it. Then I'll bring in any head coach because we'll just have the triplets again, and, and any any head coach can win. Not realizing that Jimmy Johnson's also a very, very, very good head coach. 
one of the greatest of all time. He just never got the years to show that he was. That is what I hate, is that Jerry seems to think it's easy. I think the problem is Jerry doesn't understand how good the 90s teams were. Yeah. He, that's, not, that's, not, that's, not what, that's what's not clicking. Excuse me. The triplets. That's what's not clicking, is he doesn't understand how good that team was. And I'm not saying that the team now is bad, but it's nowhere near what it was. You don't have that. I mean, you have two Hall of Famers, at least, in Martin and Smith. They're both on your offensive line. I'm not, no, I'm, and as an offensive line, I'm not knocking the O-line, but I'm just saying your Hall of Famers are not at quarterback, running back, receiver, and then Dion at corner for one, for one of the Super Bowls. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not rocking with that. That, I think it's in, in, the, in the Hall of Fame coach. I think Jerry needs to get a real head coach. And if you don't fire McCarthy, I think it's a huge mistake. And the reason I think it's a huge mistake is you're basically saying, well, we'll punt, and next year, if it doesn't work out again, then we'll fire everybody. Well, you said that last year. You said if McCarthy doesn't do anything in the playoffs, then we'll have to evaluate his job, which, a.k.a., means we're going to fire him. And then he took a big crap in the playoffs, and now you're thinking about keeping him? It just it, going, you're, going, you're going back on what you said you were going to do. Because if you, if, if you don't evaluate that playoff game and come to the conclusion that McCarthy probably needs to go. The, thing, to, the thing is, is that we can have all the optimism of landing Belichick, of landing Vrabel, of landing Harbaugh, etc. Will Jerry do it? Jerry will never, ever do it. And I hope I'm proven wrong. Yeah. Because Jerry doesn't want to be told what to do. That's the problem. Jerry will never give the coach access you got to let the like we we brought it up last week or last whenever we met right what's the difference between the rangers and the cowboys organization chris young let bruce bochi do his thing and yep. look what happened jerry will never let Mc, now i'm not saying if now if jerry let mccarthy do something maybe but mccarthy's not that type he's not the guy that will he's not a belichick when it oh. comes to personality i'm not i'm not talking about coaching i'm talking about personality He's not those type of guys' personality where you are going to win because of his personality. And if with, that makes sense, yeah, it makes sense. And with Jerry, he wants the credit. It's what I've yeah, always. That's thought. the problem. Jerry wants to be able to say, "I, me, I built this," and he wants to be given that credit, and he never will. Because even if we do win one, we're going to give the credit to Will McClay and Dak and the head coaches and and the, and all of that. It's 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 frustrating because you hope there's change, but you don't know if there will be. And and thing is, like, I would love to hire an offensive coach. I'd love to hire Bobby Slowick from the Texans, but the problem or Ben Johnson from the the Lions. But the problem is, is that we've had an offensive coach the last two times. Yeah, I mean, almost, for the last what almost fifteen years, that offensive head coach. I think it's time for, like I was saying earlier, man, to go defense. <laughs> well, if you want to go defense, you've got at least two of them. To be fair, I, and I believe Harbaugh's an offensive side of the coach, an offensive coach because he was a quarterback. But you have but the Michigan team was just so defensive, yeah, powered. I mean, the thing the thing is, is Vrabel and Belichick are two of the greats, are great defensive coaches. And I don't think he'll hire Vrabel because Vrabel wants more front office pull. And if long as Bill, as long as Bill is willing to relinquish that GM control, which I think he is. I'd be okay with it. As long as he's willing to be a normal head coach and have that normal head coach input of, I like these types of players. I need this kind of player. This is what I like. This is what I need. I'm fine with that. <clears throat> Dan Quinn 
it's I've never seen it's so weird. Literally, he's got to go to Saturday. Going into the game, I'm thinking, man, you know, Quinn could be leaving. That sucks. Now I'm please, Quinn, leave. Bye. Go. Go somewhere else. I think the everything that could have gone wrong with his defense went wrong. I think that a lot of the holes were exposed. A lot of the the places where his defense was lacking um, were exposed. Um, one of them being if you don't get a turnover, you're in a bad position. Um, we weren't generating much pressure. <clears throat> we weren't covering. <clears throat> Excuse me. We, for some reason, ran a lot of zone coverage. Had a man, which we've been running a man all year. Um. Obviously, losing Van Der Esch and uh, Demarvin Overshone hurt your linebacking core clearly, yeah. um, and yeah. losing and losing Diggs hurt. But I mean, it's why I want Bill because I want the defensive coach, and then I want to bring in an OC that's competent, that's modern, that's you know, modern someone that does what good offenses do. Hell, uh, give me Shanahan's offensive t- tight ends assistants coffee runner guy. I don't know. But give me somebody that comes from the Shanahan tree or McVay or someone like that. Just uh, anyway. Yeah. There's your Cowboys rant. It's um moving to the offseason. I mean, you can't blow it up. That's the thing, people let's just blow it up and rebuild. Nope. Why? Okay. Yes, you get a lot of picks for um Parsons and Lamb and Diggs and Bland and all those guys, but are you gonna really rebuild or replace those guys? There's no guarantee. You know you have those guys in the building. You cannot guarantee you're going to go out and find them again. So, and what sucks to say is that this team can still win. be successful and win. I mean, it's, it's coaching. It comes down it, to coaching. It, yeah. We need a better coaching. And I think just doing some of the housekeeping things, keeping a lot of the guys here, keeping most keeping most of the band back together, having another good draft. You still have um, draft picks. You have your first three picks. You have the ability to add more good players. Um, this year, you're drafting a little more for need. Then you are best player available. Last year was trying to draft depth, right? Drafted Mozzie, drafted Schoonmaker, drafted uh, Demo. So this year it's about drafting, I think. Starters. Offensive line. Uh, linebacker. Receiver. I will stand receiver, by receiver. Receiver be fine. I will stand um, by receiver. Receiver would be great. Uh, maybe you look to free agency to fill that void. Because, I mean, I, I think Cooks, is his contract's not expiring. No, I want to keep Cooks. So keep Cooks, keep Lamb. I want to make Cooks our three. Jettison Gallup. Get Gallup off my team. I know he blocks. He does those little things. but Or rework his contract because his contract is way too much for what we're getting for him. But we'll see. I'd like to get Derrick Henry. Yeah, I would like Derrick Henry. But we'll see. That's the only thing we need. And I want a, I want a running back. Um, a power. Say, I wouldn't mind power. I wouldn't mind speed. I wouldn't mind somebody. Give me somebody. Um, but we'll get into more of the draft as the offseason progresses. Obviously, as everyone knows, the draft is my thing. Still getting my big all the names on the board, and then we'll start scouting and moving maneuvering them and cutting guys off that because it's gonna be like eight hundred something players on the board, and then it'll be whittled down to probably somewhere between three and four hundred. So we'll see. Um, the wild card week was just a dud. It was just a lot of bad games, mm-hmm. uh, but divisional. Um, obviously, this does not count for our predictions game. Chase did win. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. We'll move on. Uh, <laughs> it was a divisional round um, on Saturday. You have Texans at Ravens, Packers at Niners, and Sunday you got Bucks at Lions and Chiefs at Bills. Uh, by the way, someone asked uh, Todd Bowles, um, and someone made a joke that's probably one of those like social, when I, like like political media or just regular news media people. 
assigned to a sports story. And because they asked Todd Bowles, how do you think you're going to contend with the weather in Detroit? <laughs> Even though Detroit's been playing in a dome stadium for the last like 50 years. And uh, that's why you have sports people cover sports things and you don't bring other people to cover those things. I'm going to take the Ravens. Um, I love the Texans. I think they can, I think they can win. They're kind of playing with house money here, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I got I, I got to I got to go with the Ravens, but yeah. Good team, but yeah. I thought that it'll be a good game. Packers at Niners. The Packers play like that, they got a chance. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be rooting. I don't people are going to be call me crazy. I don't hate this Packers team. I hated the Rodgers Packers teams because the Dez catch and in 16 Jared Cook, yeah. It Jared Cook, but also I remember being pissed off at the officials in that game. I can't remember what it was. I remember there being a pass interference, so there was no call or a called one that I was, like, screaming at the TV about. And I was only, like, what, <laughs> 12? <laughs> so, you know, I remember—so I felt like we were robbed by Rodgers, the big bad guy. I like this Packers team. <laughs> I love watching them. They're a lot of fun. I don't like them beating my team, but I will enjoy watching them still. I don't, I don't, I don't harbor any resentment. It's not like the Niners. Mm-mm. But I'm going to pick— I'm going to pick the Niners, but I would be—it's like 51-49. I know it probably shouldn't be that close, but for me it is, if the Packers play like that again. I'm going to go with Niners. Bucks at Lions, going to be the Lions. I mean, I, th- the, I think this will be the only game where I really think it'll be like a double-digit win. Yeah, the Bucks are a good team, but they're just—they're not, they're not a great one. The Lions mm-hmm. are a great team. Mm-hmm. And then Chiefs at Bills. I'll go with whoever you don't take. I, I am—I'm going to say Buffalo. Yeah. I, think, I think their corners are going to play tough. I think Mahomes doesn't have receivers. I think Mahomes— on the road is going to be interesting to see for the first time. His mm-hmm. first playoff game on the road does not obviously Super Bowl being neutral. So we'll see. But I, I'm going Bills on that one. And I actually I, want to take Buffalo too. Because I, Buffalo. I think I, I think that they're we're not, just we're not, we're not keeping track. I know. I think that they're just a better team. Yeah. Um and I think that you know the Chiefs have their number the last two years, but I think now is the time where they just they I, they flip the switch. This I, is their year. I think the funny one, I think the interesting storyline that no one's talking about is if Reed loses, does he retire? He's old. I'm just saying, I'm not saying he's going to, but does he? It, I think if he wins at all, he retires. It's possible. But um, um, some, some coaching news. If you have this is all the playoff games I have here, um, uh, obviously Gerard Mayo to the mm-hmm. Patriots. I, I like it in the sense that you knew he was being groomed to be the next head coach. Maybe not this soon, but uh, we'll I think it's a little interesting that they didn't even look outside of the organization. The problem I have with, with the Patriots is they're not bringing in a GM. So I think that's a, like the dumbest decision possible to see. I mean, how, I mean, this is a great. This is a draft you cannot fumble, mm-hmm. and you're not having a GM. JJ McCarthy round one. That's rough. So we'll see. No, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be um, some tackle from Marshall in the first. You know, you know. Um, but we'll, 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 we will see what what they do. But uh, Belichick and Harbaugh both interviewed for the Falcons job. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Harbaugh interviewed for the Chargers job. So rumor is that Belichick wants a project. He wants a team that's good but is underachieving and that fits the Chargers, that fits the Cowboys and that fits the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um so we'll see. It sounds like maybe that he has the fire to coach still. He's it's not he has he has he hasn't gone he hasn't gone stale. But um I can't think of any other big coaching news right now. Um Mike Tomlin sounds like he's coming back. Mhm. Good for the Steelers, I guess. Um, I mean, 18 years and you won one Super Bowl, and it was like no his losing second seasons. year. Uh, I think you got to fire Tomlin, not because he's bad, but because you've had him for 18 years. And what have you done in that space? Not a ton. So you kind of need. This is that is one of those times I think change for sake of change is kind of a good thing. Mm-hmm. And Tomlin will latch on. I think Tomlin will be great somewhere else. I think he needs to get somewhere new and build something new. 
than when he has the Steelers. It's just going stale. It, to, to me, it is. Um, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Chase, if you have anything else to add. No, nice being back. We'll yeah, it is. Be nice back on a consistent basis every Wednesday. Yep. And again, we'll be going more in the draft. I don't know if we're going to do a full segment on draft stuff. Um, I don't know. We haven't really we'll talked do our about mock. it yet. We'll do our mocks. We'll, we'll do our mocks. We'll have um, the draft show on draft yeah, night. Yeah, sprinkled in. I may just do like, hey, I've been, I may just do like a couple players that I, I looked at this year, that, you know, week and said, I really like this guy and this guy and, uh, this guy's kind of rising and maybe just, you know, maybe five minutes on it or whatever. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Talk to you all next week. See you guys later. Yep.